Cool. Welcome to uh, Let's Talk the Podcast where I hang out with my friends and we talk about whatever you want. Today's podcast is a bit different. Uh, we're just going to answer some uh, Q&A questions. Uh, the topic of it is a, is a variety. Some is about life, some about more personal stuff. And so I'll just start off the bat and just ask the... We'll just go down the row and people can uh, say who they are. Okay. Just say your name. Who are we starting Angela? with? Oh. <laughs> Hello, I'm Angela. Is that it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jackie. Esther. I'm Mike. Okay. So, first question. How do you think the world will change in 10 years compared to 50 and compared to 100 years oh. from now? Wow. Okay. Whoever wants to take I, it first. I definitely think in 10 years we will have um, self-driving cars. Mm. And uh, people are going to eat more plant-based, <laughs> I feel like, okay. overall. And climate change is going to get worse, so I feel like we're going to have a little bit more earthquakes and things like that going on. And, yeah. I feel like we're all dead in 50 years. That's 50 years? Between we will be dead? Between 50 to 100 years. I feel like 50 years, if you think about it, like most of, our, most of us are like 25, 24. That seems like a long time, you know what I mean? Yeah. So 50 years extra seems like that's enough time to see the world like hmm. go up in flames kind of thing. I think we're going to live longer than 50 years. That's just my uh, gut instinct. That's just what I feel. Because I feel like we use resources just yeah. faster and faster every day, you know what I mean? I feel like we use them like, I think my cousin told me we use them like 60 or 70% quicker than we replenish it so yeah we're doing way more harm than we are doing to protect it yeah yeah i also feel like this world's a big place and i think 50 years from now we're definitely gonna have fishless oceans so we won't have fish anymore but i think that we're gonna make create like artificial food and like Mm -hmm. resources to sustain us for at least a hundred years is my guess. Like, I think, I think like, we'll, there will still be people here in a hundred years. Like, technically, eating mm. bugs and that is, like, the most nutrition, you know? I mean, like, eating, like, stuff from nature. But I don't think a lot of, like, majority of society thinks that's weird, even though in other countries that's what they survive off of. Mm-hmm. Or, like, eating it yeah. or finding and gathering whatever they can. I think a lot of the society and culture here, people think, it's almost like people think that food grows on trees, which, you know, it does. But in a sense, they think it's, uh, it's so easy to access it yeah. when it comes to stores. It always but replies. most of the stuff that you get from the stores is GMO'd anyway. It's created for mass production. But I think because of uh, the education when it comes to agriculture, especially in this country, people think it's like, it's just... It's always going to be there. The, the normal food that is grown naturally are, they have holes, you know, they have like these uh, impurities to it, but people think there's something wrong with them, so they toss them away. But that's, food at its most um, purest form, mm-hmm. not the ones that you see at the grocery store. So I think informing people in the next 50 years that, you know, all these new nutrition, you know, whatever plant-based, like grown lab kind of stuff for like uh, efficiency, not efficiency, but like uh, finding, you know, resources to eat in the world yeah. as things disappear. Mm-hmm. People aren't attracted to those kind of things because they think it's fake. But even though we live in a world where people are still eat- eating fake things mm-hmm. regardless at this Interesting. point. Interesting. Yeah. Also, another thing, in 50 years, or even 10 years, um, having robots live amongst us. Oh, like, yeah. kind of like the movie iRobot, where you have your robot in your house to, like, help you clean, and, like, you know, your little assistant. 
um, or a lot of jobs will probably be out or will be taken over for robots to do. Yeah. That's what I feel like. God, I hope not. <laughs> I feel like I was going to say the same thing right before you, like AI and stuff. Yeah. We have like Alexa and like all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but that's scary. <laughs> well, I think it's like part of it, like you can't fear technology because technology is going to happen regardless. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's not going to stop. I think you, you have to think AI is more as an augmentation of it to help your life rather than it take away things. True, and it can, but then you see things like Westworld where they just they turn against over. you and yeah. like mm-hmm. gain awareness and are like, I have feelings and emotions. I don't know, AI freaks me I out. I think that would be cool. At what point in your life were you most happy? I think I'm at a peak of happiness right now. I think... Aww, uh, that makes me happy. Whatever. <laughs> I think it's um, finding people that make you happy, but seeing that it's not... It's a variety of people. It's like a very diverse amount of people. Yeah. I think well, when you find happiness in like a certain group that's like constant over and over, it's good. It's not a bad thing. But when you can experience the diversity of happiness through you know different cultures perspective in that i think that's like the peak of happiness is like when you can be happy within yourself but also be happy with the knowledge you gain from others mm-hmm. killed it at what point in your life were you the most happy i feel like moving out has helped my mental health a lot in terms of accepting myself um but it did take a lot of healing and like self-reflection but i would say i'm definitely i i feel like i've hit a peak especially like this weekend in particular (laughs) but i've hit like a peak in my life where i feel like appreciated and loved by the people around me um I don't know I feel like when once you get to that point in your life where you're like dang like you you kind of like really realize like what life's about um and that we're all like going through this thing like where we're all struggling and we're all here to support each other that's like a profound moment in your life where you're like like we can do this we can get this yeah that's awesome I feel like for me I would say I have two happiest points probably for sure this summer like hanging out with you guys all the time and like making new friends and going on adventures definitely and also and yeah when I was um, traveling in Spain and Italy I was very very happy during that time too I think happiest uh, I'm gonna say two points like early early childhood and then, like, now. Because I think in the middle, a lot of people, you're when you're a kid, you're so carefree and you're, like, so just, like, do whatever you want. And I was very lucky to have a very, like, great childhood. Um, and then when you start getting into school and, like, you start caring about what people think of you and, like, how you're uh, portraying yourself and, like, who you where your place is and stuff, yeah. it starts getting hard because you start criticizing yourself and other people and getting anxious and depressed Mm -hmm. and like all that stuff but I feel like now coming into adulthood I'm like coming out of that and I just like I'm starting not to care anymore again and I'm like 
this is a big point in my life too so that's a good point I think I was definitely really happy when I was a kid Mm -hmm. definitely like you there's just so much more pressure on you growing as you grow up you know like what do you want to study in college or like am I going to even go to college or what people think of me like there's just so much external pressure that gets put Mm -hmm. on you and Mm -hmm. it's like a lot to to handle so and you don't have to you don't feel that way when you're a kid you know like your parents are there supporting you and you just can play and have fun and don't have to think about um responsibilities yeah Yeah. but also when yeah when you're a kid you're like i wish i was an adult right yeah Yeah, and then it goes backwards well going off that question what's the one thing that should be taught in school that isn't Ooh, a lot Um, of things actual history yeah actual history yeah I feel like, so I took a class and like how the education system is here compared to other other countries and like one of the biggest takeaways was um, the the way that they teach is so different. Like they encourage creativity and they want the kids to find different ways to solve the same issue versus here it's like there's a clear cut, like like a cookie cutter Mm -hmm. answer for everything. But think that we need our education system should be set up where it's um, encouraging creativity and like letting kids express um, yeah like the way that they learn should be their own way Mm -hmm. Um, they should figure that out themselves versus teachers just like doing it and it's not teachers but like the way the whole system is set up okay yeah I think it's framed from high school that a lot of people think from exactly when you're 18, you should go to college. You know, like, it's, it's for me, it was like, I'm already filling out applications, not, and I'm still in my senior year in high school mm-hmm. for, like, the reasons, like, oh, now it's time for you to, you know, get educated so you can become a working individual for our society, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And when you get into this, when you get into college, all of it is based off, like, A and B, right? Something is right, something is wrong. There's no middle ground of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless you're in, like, a, a different, like, I guess, topic. But most of us go through the, you know, history, English, you know, writing and all that. And there's always seems to be a very defined answer that is correlated to a percentage when it comes to a grade. Mm-hmm. And then we're defined for that. And mm-hmm. we, we spend so much money, and the next generation will spend so much money and we, to come out to get a piece of paper mm-hmm. that in the end doesn't mean anything because it's more important of, what we do with our lives than it is what a piece of paper says. Yeah. But so much of our life is defined on a piece of paper Mm -hmm. that I never picked up. Like I still have two of my degrees that I never picked up at OSU. But the, the fact of it that you can go through college and you can, you can fake a majority of, you know, what you're learning. It's just regurgitation of information. Yeah. And when you're outside, you know, the value of who you are shouldn't be based on your education, especially when it comes to, you know, the Ivy League schools like Yale and Harvard, when you tell someone that, you know, you went to Yale, people are like, oh, this person must be really smart. You know, they're respected in a way, right? Mm -hmm. But if you tell someone you go to a community college, people are like, oh, you know what I mean? People look down on it and it doesn't make sense why we do that because as long as you're furthering your education to be a better person, that should be on the same level. Mm -hmm. But we base so much on, you know, what we do in what we came from from a school that isn't pristine or pristine so exactly uh, this topic reminds me of that albert einstein quote 
Um, it goes like, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll grow up its whole life thinking that it is stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's such a great cro- quote, because like everyone is lear- learns in different ways, and like mm-hmm. it, it's very like, it, that causes like a lot of mental health problems when people think that they're not smart because, you know, they can't understand things a certain way that their friends can because their brain doesn't work that way. Um, but yeah, and going back to like the type of classes we kids should have nowadays, we should definitely have more classes on like um, mental health, like how to pay taxes, oh, yeah. um, things life like yeah, life skills, things that we we need. Yeah, yeah um, maybe having more like yeah, business classes in high school. I never had that opportunity at that age, and um, a lot of more creative things like maybe more like painting or you know whatever. But yeah, just more diverse, I would say. I think the same thing, but I also think like uh, it would be cool to see more creativity put into classes that aren't traditionally creative, like mm-hmm. science or math, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. things that are like that. I really struggled with in high school. Yeah, because it wasn't creative, <laughs> and yeah. so if there is a way to like intertwine those things, and I'm sure there is, like mm-hmm. I think that would have made it a lot easier, or like vice versa, make things maybe more structured for the kids who need more structure in creative classes. And I don't know, I think basically going back to like adapting a little more to what the individual needs rather than treating every kid like the same like prototype that you're trying to produce out of school and go make work. Yeah. On top of that, what values do you think are critical to communicate to the next generation? Always trust your intuition. Me too, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. I think, especially in a world of social media, everyone has a different perspective of things. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you're on your phone all the time, you look at your life and you compare it to others, which isn't healthy. And with the younger generation coming up, with, it's almost the sense of you are important if you have X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And those X, Y, and Z are usually things that are very materialistic. It's not like, you know, in, in our parents' generation, it's like, especially if you come from parents of immigrants, they always talk about how they carried one bag with them, you know, on their back with one shirt and, you know, with no shoes across here in America to give you, you know, your chance of freedom and opportunity. And the younger generation seems like it's more important to have the greatest shoes in the world because that's going to put you in a good spot in 20 years. You know what I mean? And that's like, that would be my value in the sense that you should value the things that aren't tangible in life. Because all that does go away. Because when you die, no one's going to care about what kind of shoe you have or what kind of car you drive. And if they do, then I don't think they should be in your life in a sense. Uh, I think you want people to think about if you were a good person if you die, and for you to chase that goal of being a good person that's really infinite that you should do X, Y, and Z to put yourself in that place. So, like, for me, I care more about what people will think about me when I die than I do when I'm alive, which is really weird to think about. And in a sense, that's a positive and negative thing, too, to, to talk about. But for that, for me, it's it's important that a lot of people show up to my funeral because I was a good person, not because I was influential in, like, technology or wealth or anything, you know, in between those areas. Mm-hmm. You're a good person, yeah definitely the value of being compassionate i would say is like the biggest thing 
I was gonna say that one. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, I don't know how to put it into words, but realizing that uh, it's important to realize that nobody's ever gonna really, um, what's the word, satisfy you, like all your needs. Like, I feel like you need to get to a point in your life where you feel satisfied but by the things that you do personally like you can't mm-hmm. just rely on other people yeah, for that can't rely on yeah other exactly. people for your own happiness um so if you want something in life like you gotta chase it you gotta do it for yourself you gotta make other people mm-hmm. good point and also don't take life too seriously have fun with it oh yeah that's a great one yeah think we get wrapped up in trying to become something and like do all these things but you know we're here for a small time of infinity and we should just have fun with our time whatever so this one's a more personal question we all have um like goals and aspirations in life right for you each what is stopping you and how do you think how are you trying to get over that that issue in your life to reach the whatever um ambitious goals you guys have well I feel like right now in my life nothing is stopping me because I'm, do- I'm to- going towards it but I definitely have like thoughts I guess like doubts that pass my mind like um, you know will I be able to like financially afford this lifestyle things like that but I would say I'm definitely like taking action and getting there what about you guys I think one of my, um, like a long-term goal probably, or like a, an overarching goal of mine mm-hmm. is to like, lo- be more loving, and I think that my mental health affects that a lot, because if I'm feeling depressed, it's like, really hard to like, change my mind and feel like I can love on people, but. Okay, so at first I was going to say indecision because I don't really have... My biggest thing is picking a goal and, like, focusing on it because mm-hmm. I have a lot of things I really want to do. But also, in the sense of, like, personal goals, like, when you started talking, Esther, I was like, oh, wait, I do have one. But just, like, connecting more with people and trying to do that easier. And I think the thing that stops me a lot is just, like, anxiety and, like... Um, just like fear of like what people will think you know which mm. Mm. working on it <laughs> i think we all like grow up with that feeling though yeah like that it's the only thing to do is live up but i think for me it's hard i think it's something i'll and this will lead, lead to the next question but i think i am happy to a certain point but i think happiness changed so rapidly in life that, you know, that's something I just want to be is, like, simply happy with what I have and not what I can provide. Because I think when you can pr- provide something for other people, you feel more happy. That's where my sense of happiness is, is from uh, being able to help others experience what they want in life. That brings me joy. But I think it's, um, like, the goal to help everyone in life is such a goal that it's hard to really reach. Because in that sense... In the current economy we have now to have 
do good, you have to have money in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like you, and that's a very loose thing because you can you can impact thirty people's lives, and that should be enough for an individual to be happy. But for me, that's not enough. I think um, that's and this is where it bothers me as like an entrepreneur and like as who I am. There's so many people hurt in the world and that they need help, but the more you help those people, the more you realize there's more pain in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, money can't solve a lot of things. It can't bring happiness, but it can impact people hugely, especially people that don't have, like, the most basic necessities in the world. Mm-hmm. But chasing that over and over again, um, like I said, it becomes very destructive because, in a sense, there's... There's so much brokenness in the world. Yeah, there's the most brokenness in the world, but... Fix it all. Mm-hmm. Someone told me that like they told me that I can't fix everything, but the minute I stop trying, that means I already failed. Because if we all did our part and we think it, it you you weren't able to help these other individuals, because it's like, like hey, like, like we all work, we all used to like some of us, you know, still work in the autism, but it's like in that sense, it's these these the children we work with, they're not like they don't have a disease. There's nothing wrong with them. They all learn differently, but because of certain degrees of like low autism. Some people feel like, oh, it's, they can't be helped. You know, these, these kids can't be helped. But the the fact of it that if you if you think that you shouldn't work there or you you know you you shouldn't like, there's no point of you even trying because of that negative energy you bring into that mm-hmm. you know that um, perspective of it. And I think that's just how you apply it to the world. Because if you think the world is gonna die and fail and that anyways, then you're doing no good to this universe. In that sense. Like, you're not helping it get any better. You're yeah. just going to think that, oh, we're all going to die eventually. Like, who cares? I think there's, like, it's, I was uh, talking this morning with something about, like, the idea of happiness and how we're such, like, a happiness-centered culture. Like, we're all focused on trying to be happy. But, like, and that's, like, you should be happy. You should live your life happily. Mm-hmm. But you can also learn a lot from the dark periods. Mm-hmm. And, like, sitting with those negative emotions and not, like, um, dismissing them right away. And I think that's really important, too. Not to let them, like, marinate and take over, but just to, like, be aware of them and, like, learn. And then go back to trying to go back to being happy. Well, I feel like that's where you learn all your lessons. Yeah. Is in those, like, episodes of depression and anxiety and whatever you're struggling with. Like, you learn a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's good to acknowledge that part of it. It's always good to acknowledge that there's some kind of darkness in the world, but then know that you have a choice. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the hardest thing is once you're stuck in that darkness, a lot of people think that's it. You know, it's that time stands still and this is how it's going to be for the rest of your life. And, you know, that you don't have the choice. I think we always do have a choice to a certain degree. I think if you live in some kind of environments and that choices might lack, there might be a lack of choices, but you always have the either or kind of you know thing. But you just really have to push yourself to find that, and then you know that comes to mental health, that comes to you know um, a support system and that. But I think it's a uh, you can do it if you want, mm-hmm. think, you know, but that's always just my perspective of it. What is the most unsettling fact that you can think of? Climate change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the way. The most unsettling fact? Yes. There's something that about the world that is, is like very true, but it uh, also bothers you in a way.
people live in it an illusion. That's annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like people are. A lot of people are like in a bubble, and they kind of don't see life outside of the bubble. Mm-hmm. And like when they do see it outside of the bubble, they'll realize. They'll, I think they'll start to live life differently. That's a very vague way of explaining, but. I agree with you too. It's like the whole matrix thing, you know, we talked about. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing that bothers me a lot is like a majority of the world lives with like very small income. Mm -hmm. But it's like, um, yeah, it's like capitalism. But it's, it's, I think capitalism has its, it's good and bad depending on what side you are and like your perspective of it. Um, But it's like a majority of the world is paying paycheck to paycheck just to survive. You know, just like you, you work your whole entire life just to pay rent and hope that you can pay for a house. But the majority of the people in, in America that own homes are very, it's very small, actually. And it gets harder and harder as, you know, mm-hmm. our generation grows up. You know, houses are more expensive. Living costs goes up. Everything goes up in that sense. And so it's, it's just weird to think that that's the, for the country that's supposed to be the, the most successful and have a lot of money that a lot of people aren't getting those uh, opportunities unless they're, you know, born 1%, 2%, it, or, yeah. like... If they're born into it or they know somebody, like, they have the connections, then I feel like you can get up there, but otherwise it's, like, you're with the rest of us. We're yeah, pulled yeah. together, like... I saw this post about how, um, like, people that make, like, 2500 no, what was it? 2500 an hour are telling the people who make like $25 an hour to blame the people who make $15 an hour. Like it's their fault Mm -hmm. that they're getting, or that they're taking all our resources. So like we're taught from the 1% to like the middle class is taught to blame the lower and uh, the lower income, lower working class. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's very unsettling, too. Do you have anything, Andrea? Yeah. Yours made me think, well, kind of the same vein, but, like, healthcare, the -hmm. fact that some people are just very, very sick and literally have no resources to help themselves or help their families get better, and they're just... You mean in America? In America, and in general, I guess, globally. Like... The fact that healthcare isn't universal is... Yeah. um, And also, yeah. yeah, another fact I feel like that's unsettling is knowing that, like, I mean, I feel like there is a cure for a lot of, a lot of diseases that are out there, but they haven't been, um, what's it called? Like, they haven't been exposed to people because mm-hmm. the industry makes a lot of money mm-hmm. also. Yeah. That's a very unsettling fact, like, that we live in that kind of world or that, you know, country that cares more about money yeah yeah next one do you think we live in a parallel universe yes <laughs> for sure 100 percent. but why what why why do you think that because i mean the fact that we i mean i think we live in like a multi-dimensional universe so we have a bunch of universes and um things like if you had like a paper, a piece of paper, and you fold it in half, like 
something like a black hole could leave one universe to another, which would be the parallel universe. And I don't know, I just, I am very into astronomy and uh, metaphysics, so I feel like I research this stuff a lot. And there's a lot of details, but uh, it's just a lot of stuff. <laughs> but basic answer is yes. Me too, I'm pretty sure there is. Mm-hmm. I don't think it may or may not look like this, you know, but I think there is a universe that does exist. Yeah. Cause just because the world is it's just too big, you know, for us to be the only... Like I said, I don't think it's like, it might not be humans. It'd probably be like whatever definition of alien is or like outside force. But uh, I think it's there for sure. Yeah. I feel like there's a different version of Mike and Esther and me and Angela in a, in a parallel universe where we're doing something, but it's a little different maybe. Do you think we're friends? We could be. <laughs> or we might be enemies. Yeah, or we could be enemies. Or I might be your pet. <laughs> you know, I, might be, I might be here like... I might be Angela's dog and or cat. I have a dog in that universe. <laughs> or a cat, dog or cat, you can have whatever you want. Uh, maybe they're not like cats or dogs, and they're like. Maybe I'm Angela's left eyeball. Some weird. <laughs> wow. Okay. What if you're my left eyeball, but I'm Esther's right foot? Then what's that mean? That's a, that's a, like a, it's a parallax of universe. It's like crazy. Anyways, um, <laughs> this question is more difficult. Does jealousy have? value in driving humans to improve themselves or is it a purely negative emotion i think it has value i think every emotion can teach you something like good or bad um like if you're feeling jealous of something or someone like you could figure out why and like maybe that's something you need to work on yeah um i would agree and it's you i I feel like you have to get to that point of like understanding why you feel jealous to get over it mm-hmm. but some people just i don't know it's hard to take that step yeah <laughs> yeah take that step. definitely there's a difference between like acknowledging that you're feeling that way and like understanding why and trying to fix it than feeling that way and then acting out on mm-hmm. it that's mm-hmm. like two different things so i think it definitely can serve you in a good way if you can just acknowledge it and learn from it versus acknowledging it and then you know being hateful towards that person you're jealous of or whatever it may be going into that would things get better or worse if humans focus on what was going well rather than what's going wrong i think that's a very obvious answer yeah that's very obvious yeah. going well for sure but i think it's it's hard in the, the realm where bad news makes money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well also like your brain evolution is we are stayed alive from fear so your brain's naturally going to cling to more negative things because it's a survival instinct so for every i was talking to my roommate about this today like for every negative thing you hear for for example if someone says something negative about you or you say something negative about yourself you need like four to five positive things to counteract that message in your brain it's like what we do at work yeah and it's all about like perception and language has so much to do with like how we perceive things and if you keep mentioning all the bad things that are happening that's all you're gonna see so when it comes to fear like how, how do you guys get over fear or the idea Re- of fear yeah well i mean realizing that fear is is just it's just this little thing that comes through your mind and it, it can go right out like it's not it's not like someone's gonna come out and 
It's not like anything physical that can attack you. It's mm-hmm. literally yourself. So when you realize, yeah. like, oh, I acknowledge this. I'm going to let it pass. Like, you know, it's not a part of you. It's just your way your body's trying to communicate to you, mm-hmm. I guess. But, yeah. I'm thinking the way you're phrasing it seems more like anxiety. Mm-hmm. Or when I feel anxious, it's like accepting that that's a very real emotion and feeling in that moment, but also letting it go is really important. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it affects your mental health and your yeah. And just realizing, like, okay, why do I? Why am I afraid? Like, am I afraid because maybe like I'm not going to be successful, or like um, maybe like I'm about to go bungee jumping and like the thought of jumping mm-hmm. off is scary. Like all those things are like future based thoughts. Like it's not happening right now in the present. So. There's nothing to be afraid of. That's it. Is it possible to be too creative to the point of insanity? Is there... Wait, say that again? <laughs> is it impossible... Is it possible to be too creative to the point of insanity? I, I think there is. Is it possible to be too cre- or too creative yeah. to the point of insanity? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think... I feel like... A lot of the geniuses in the world in the past have definitely were a little crazy, but you kind of have to be a little crazy. I think to the point, I think insanity is crazy in a sense, but there's a point where it becomes uh, destructive to yourself, Mm -hmm. where you're chasing something that there's no real answer to it, but you continue to chase it and you put your health in in a bad condition, and then that's when it becomes like destructive to you. But in the sense, you sort of get a, and I'm talking in my perspective, yeah. that eventually you get sick, but you, you still have the urge to keep doing what you do because you think that in the end, that matters more than life. That's that's my perspective mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And then I think from other people's perspective looking in, they think you're insane and crazy. But for me, it's almost a, it's crazy not to chase the thing. Because if, for me, I might, I might be blind to what other people's thought are and I just want to keep doing what I do even though it may be destructive to me in hopes that I can break that that barrier whatever existed before me to do something no one else has but you know everyone's opinion is different about that and so I think there is insanity to it but uh, it just comes at different levels I guess it depends how you define crazy or insane whatever but I feel like everybody, it's so, the human experience is so different. Like, everyone's experience in Earth is, like, vastly different than yeah. another person. So, it, I, I feel like it's problematic in the sense that, like, um, when we normalize like, when we make something the norm and then everybody who deviates from the norm is, like, crazy, that's where I see the issue with that. It's, like, mm-hmm. just because you don't feel that way or you don't do that thing or that's not how you are doesn't mean that we can label people as crazy, and that's that's just my opinion, but that was not really the question. Um, but I agree, because it's, it's a hard question to answer with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think there's definitely people who are crazy, but then there's people who, like, are insane. There, I am guess, like, crazy is, like, 
I would say one a bit lower than insane, right? But like Esther like said, it's, it's how how we de- define what's crazy in the world. Like why do we why do we define those people as you know? And this is not like psychopaths is different because that's like psychological in the brain. Yeah. But how we label people as crazy, like someone that can be not dressed as well as we are, maybe because they don't have money or something, right. and how they walk in the streets, and we label label them as homeless. But then we somehow go from homeless to calling them crazy to drug addicts. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's putting that title on an individual that you know it just doesn't. It's not. It's not right. Yeah. Um, what is your greatest accomplishment so far? Yeah, so far in your life, what do you think is the greatest accomplishment? I feel like for me, definitely being at the level of, um, I feel like I am living on this frequency that's very like loving and like very happy. And I feel like um, it's hard. Like I feel like I'm at a point in my life now where I, if I droop down, I don't know if droop is the right word, but like I, I can like bungee jump back up where I am so like I feel like I'm at a like a stable part of my life now where I've like gone through a lot of things in the past but I'm like um past it now I guess I would say I wouldn't say the same but I also don't feel like I've accomplished something really big in my life and I am kind of more of looking forward to working on something like a bigger project or a bigger like thing to go for to feel accomplished but I don't know I think for me it's probably like um a few years ago just like learning how to figure out what I personally need to make to like better my life and standing up for that and doing it and like learning to draw boundaries with people and like cut people out when they need to that was a big accomplishment (laughs) and learning experience I had I think for me it's uh being able to impact people in a way where they realize that life is much bigger and that they should chase whatever it is and I think within our group it's nice that a lot of people say that they wouldn't be able to experience all this this summer like we did a lot of crazy. We rode a hot air balloon. A lot of people now has never rode, rode, rod, 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 <laughs> no, rode a hot air balloon before. Um, some people just a lot of their summers is always just you know very kept to themselves. So for them to be able to explore that summer, it's like for me, my greatest accomplishment is to give you guys the little things in life that you guys always wanted. You know, the small adventures of that kind of small because I think doing something impactful for someone, like getting them a job or something, that's like, that's a big thing, right? But it's not something that's like memorable. I think it's the small things in between mm-hmm. the big memorable things that you guys will always do for yourself. Because I think uh, everyone's on their own path and these big strides we work on are for ourselves, not for anyone else. But I think the little things we can fill in those gaps are the most important. And I think I've been able to do that uh, for not just you guys, but my, my other close friends my family and uh, the people that work for me is just doing those little things to guide them in life, but being able to provide just enough for them where they can make that decision for themselves. 
because I don't like telling people that what they're doing is wrong or right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge thing when uh, people try to comfort someone is telling them this is wrong, this is right. I think it's better that you ask them the right question and know that they have the best judgment to do it because it is their life. So it's just like a small push, but it's never like a full-on shove. And that's what um, that's what Natalie has taught me in life, that you can't stress about you know the big things in life because in the end, no one really cares. You know mm-hmm. that you should be the only one that cares, and that you just need you just need someone to like maybe give you like a soft hug, not a full-on squeeze kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In that sense, but uh, yeah, I think that's what my greatest achievement yet so far is. is to give and since uh, we have like maybe five more minutes left on the time what is your favorite and summer is coming to end in about like a week and a half week what is the favorite what's your most memorable summer moment with all of us this last camping trip that we went on mine too yeah. really yeah i feel like it, it brought us our relationship to a whole other level that we yeah. would never experience i think so too yeah like the level of like comfort i feel with you guys and just like we can just chill out in the rain and have such a good time and like we don't even have to be doing that much yeah, you know like just each other's presence is like just nice an outro it's the first time i ever dropped my phone in front of jackie this doesn't happen <laughs> but, uh, i always drop my phone in front yeah. of her well thanks for watching um this is probably jackie's last podcast she's in just with you know uh she's going to travel soon but uh We'll continue the podcast without Jackie, <laughs> with uh, with new other people maybe. But uh, I don't know. We'll other, I don't know. We'll do other podcasts anytime soon. I know, like we did these ones, but like back to back. But I think it's just, uh, I think it's as we head into fall now. There's more time to actually do podcasts because we're not doing summer thing. So maybe it'll be a more consistent kind of thing. And uh, True. we're trying to find different uh, topics that are more. Um, for watching. See you guys later. Mm-hmm.